You're listening to Station F, the podcast. From the world's largest startup campus in Paris. Hello, I'm Roxanne Varza, director at Station F, the world's biggest startup campus located in central Paris, and this is Station F, the podcast. We are starting the episode this week with a statistic. One out of four residents at Station F is a serial entrepreneur, meaning that they have founded at least one other company before coming to Station F. And amongst them, we have our guest today, Alexis Vogel, founder of Stoneleads, startup in the Zendesk program and also part of Station F's Future 40, which is the 40 most promising early stage startups at Station F. Uh, Alexis is a co-founder of Dashlane prior to, to founding Stonely, uh, a very big product guy from what I understand. So we're going to talk product, obviously, um, and also specialized in password management with his previous company. Uh, you started Dashlane in 2009, left in February 2018, founded your next company one year later. So welcome. We're great. We're, we're thrilled to have you with us today. Um, so before we talk about Stonely, I want to understand something about Dashlane. So you left when the company was thriving. They raised like over a hundred million. It's like everything's going well. Why on earth would you leave the company then? Yeah, that's a question I hope and have. So well, think about it. I studied Dash and I was still a student. And uh, it's been an amazing ride. Uh, I've learned so much with Dash. And, and the thing is, at some point, when you are founding a company, you're making so many mistakes that you're like thinking, okay, what if I could start over now? What if I could do it again? Would I do better? Would I create a better culture? Would I create a better product? Can I go faster? And I arrived to a point at Dashen where basically Dashen was working very well, as you just said. And there is something when you found the company, you cannot uh, live when things are going bad. And things were going great and was like, okay, well, you know what? That's the moment where I've trained my team. I have a great relationship with everyone. If I want to start something new, uh, I'm happy to live now. Now Dashen will always be a great memory for me. And so I also, you know, I had this idea of Stoney, got excited about it. And at some point, it was just the right time. Super. So there's a lot of really interesting things in what you just said. The first one that I love is that you're like, you can't leave when things are going bad. Actually, yeah. you can. I think you get kicked out, though. Yeah, so yeah. I think it's interesting to see that somebody would choose to leave when things are going good. I think that's a really interesting choice. Um, and then the second thing that I find really interesting is, did I just hear you say you had the idea for Stonely when you were at Dashlane? Yes. Yes. I so did. tell me about Stonely. Tell me where the idea came from. So basically, at Dashlane, I was the CPO, so I was running all the products, and I was also in charge of the support. And one thing that was very frustrating for me was that on the one hand we had our product, and on the other hand we had our support, and basically there was no real connection between it. And so I wanted to create a better experience, a better support experience, help experience. And I wanted to do it at Dashen, but then I was fighting against myself in terms of prioritization because working on our support was not our core product. And so the idea behind Stoling is to create interactive experience for your customer support, uh, your onboarding, or anything that is helping your, your customers or users to be more successful. And so... Um, I started working on Stoney on the side and I got excited by it. I realized that, hey, it's not just a small feature, uh, it's actually a big project, a big company. 
I started pitching it to some friends and people that I knew from my network, and they were, they were always like, mm, yeah, man. Yeah, there, there, you got something there. And so, yeah, I decided, I decided to, to, to leave at that time. Awesome. Well, I love that you just like started working on something and it became kind of this massive idea. Yeah, it's usually the case, though. Even internally in the company, you know, you have, think about AWS. They started uh, uh, working on something in terms of architecture and then it becomes this huge uh, uh, business unit. Yeah, it's true. Um, what I also wanted to hear from you, though, is that you said in the beginning, when you were at Dashlane, part of what kind of got you thinking about another company was you can do things better, faster, different. So tell me, what are you doing differently with Stonely? How, how yeah. have you actually implemented that? So I think, so, well, it comes also, uh, think about when I started Dashlane, I was really a beginner in everything. So uh, things are a lot easier in different categories. First is people. The people I'm uh, uh, partnering with, I love my co-founder Dashlane, of course, but it's, uh, basically, from the beginning, I knew exactly who I wanted, where, and how we would build this, and I know how to take advantages of opportunities. That's that's the one thing. In terms of product, also I know exactly how I want to go. I want to solve a problem, not build a feature. So I know exactly how to organize it. I know the quality that I want. I I mean, at Dashlane, because I started without prior product knowledge. It took us a long time to get to the level of quality that we wanted to achieve. As only we started with it, I co-founded the company with a designer. So from right from scratch, the product culture is very strong when this is what I wanted. Also, there's something about, uh, if you think about people and the culture you want to build, uh, I described the value of Stonely very early in the life of uh, the company. So that's, we could build that massive culture of, hey, we know why we're here, uh, this is how we are, this is how people that are joining, what they are looking for, and they are participating to that. So these are things that, you know, they all work uh, uh, better. And of course, the network. I've got a, a huge network today that I didn't have before, and it helps with everything. Wow, sounds like you are definitely on the right path. Um, so give me an idea of what you guys have currently built and grown. How many users, customers, what, what are the numbers that you can yeah. share? So we, we, we launched uh, in July last year. We were product of the month uh, uh, on Product Hunt and one of the top uh, uh, upvoted products uh, in 2019. So it got us a lot of inbound. And so we started having like a lot of people uh, coming and creating kind of, and uh, we've got, I think, around 6,000 people right now using the, uh, I mean, not using, uh, creating uh, content in it. Uh, and uh, we're, in terms of uh, uh, paying customers, in terms of paying companies, uh, we, we are around uh, 60 uh, companies that are paying for the product, which does not sound huge compared to the number of, uh, of subscriptions, but you need to think uh, about the fact that there are, you know, I've got companies that have more than 100 curse, uh, users on Stonely, so it's, uh, uh, it's actually not that bad. And uh, for us, it's really a question of uh, how you prioritize the work. We started with the product. So everything that I told you, these are people that came to us, not us, that we're reaching out to them. And now we are actually launching our go-to-market strategy. Uh, and we just launched an office in New York where we have people that are going to focus exclusively on the go-to-market. Inbound marketing, uh, probably a little bit of outreach. We are uh, defining that right now. Super. And so... 
if I also understand, you guys recently closed a nice round of funding with yeah. Excel, uh, 3.5 million. Uh, so talk me through that round. I want to know what happened. How long did it take you to raise? As a second-time entrepreneur, do people just jump on board right away? Do you still have to convince them? Tell, tell me a little bit about that. Uh, you know, it's actually... Uh, <laughs> uh, it can be a danger because when you're a second time entrepreneur, you've got a lot of people reaching out to you like, hey, what are you doing? And you're not ready for this. And so at the beginning, uh, one of my first mistakes I would say for my second company was maybe taking too many meetings at the beginning, like uh, when I started working on, on Stony. Uh, this was really, I would say, a good opportunity, both for Axel and for us. Uh, we just raised a, uh, a, C, a pre-seed round uh, before talking to, uh, to Axel. And so we had like uh, 500K dollars in the bank and we were not looking for money. But we met with Axel and um, we explained the vision, what we are trying to do. And I told them, look, here's my plan. I'm planning to raise a seed round uh, in uh, May next year. Uh, and so they asked me, okay, what, what a what is the plan? What are you trying to look for? What do you want to do with the money? Can you do it now if you have it now? And, and so we work together and they, say, uh, they said, well, I mean, if you are on, basically what you want in May, we're happy to give you now because we believe in the product, we believe in the vision, we believe in the team. And so uh, for us, it's a, uh, it's, a, it's, a it's a possibility to do this now. That's a nice position to be in. <laughs> but no, but I think, I mean, to me, that's what I love also about great VCs is that the attachment, we were very lucky. We, we had first my capital with Bessemer that had great, and more recently Sequoia, the great uh, investment fund that have a thesis. They know what they want. They see something, they are able, you know, we, dis we didn't discuss MRR or, or things like this. We discussed, okay, what is the vision? How fast you want to go? how you see that thing becoming. So you guys didn't talk numbers. You actually talked bigger than numbers. Yes. Interesting. Yes. We talked more about the story than the numbers. And wow. that's, I think, so it doesn't work for every business, but for us, because we, we knew where we were going, I was not trying to sell as much as possible. I was trying to build the right product. It was more important for me to focus on the product than uh, focusing on the customers and building uh, uh, the uh, how the story will be in the future. If you think about Dashen, though, uh, Dashen was starting in 2009. I think we got our first premium offer in 2013. Wow! So it was a free product. We didn't do it. Uh, we didn't make any money at the beginning, and but we were focused on solving something that was big, online identity. It's a universal problem. We're working now on knowledge sharing. How you can better explain things to people. It's also a universal problem. Any company you talk to, they are going to tell you at some point, I need to share knowledge with my customers, with my employees, and we're providing a solution for this. So we are working on something that can be big, and that's what people like I said are interested in. They are not interested in, in you know, making a bit of money right now. They're the features. Exactly. They want the big, uh, big oh, company. Exactly. exactly. Um, so I'm also interested, because you've mentioned this a little bit, you kind of touched on the fact that you have obviously offices in France, offices in the, U in the US, I think. And Poland. Yeah. Your co-founders from Poland. Exactly. So talk to me about doing business with also some of your team based in Poland. Yeah. So uh, again, it's all about people. Basically, the reason I didn't want to build a company uh, in Poland uh, right from scratch. I wanted to build a product and a great product and a great team. And when I pitched uh, Stonely at the beginning, there was uh, uh, Krzysztof uh, Dabrowski. He's uh, 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 so he's my co-founder, and basically. 
we were uh, working together at Dashen. He was a designer in my team, and he was working as a contractor from Poland. It was the only designer in my team that was not right with the, uh, uh, the product team. That's how good he is, actually. He's, uh, uh, I, I kept working with him because it was, it was super good. And so when I pitched him uh, Stanley, he told me, like, I want in. So, uh, <laughs> first thing I, and, and first thing I told him is like, all right, so do you want to come over to France? It's like, ah, <laughs> well, you know, my life is in Poland. I'm like, okay, well, but you know, like here we're talking about building company. It's not the same thing that just walking on a fridge here. And he told me, yeah, and you know, actually we've got great people in Poland and we can build a culture in Poland because there are not so many companies where that are started in Poland. And he told me, I've been in the uh, uh, tech environment and ecosystem uh, in Poland for 10 years. I know a lot of people. So I can tell you who would be the best person to join. So I told him like, okay, well, let's start like this and let's try to find the first person. We hired our two first engineers like this and it's been wonderful uh, since then because basically what we are providing in Poland uh, is something that no other company does or very few. Basically, uh, it's an entrepreneur experience. Uh, a startup experience, they've got equity, uh, they've got good salary, and they, this is not something where they're basically uh, an outsourced company or, uh, or anything. They are part of the team at the same uh, level than any other one. And so basically, uh, the people that we are hiring are usually people that are very good, but they are at, uh, at companies where they don't have ownership, enough ownership, they want more. So basically, the people that are joining are the people that are one, very good, and two, interested in more ownership, which is exactly what we are looking for. This is one of our values is ownership. People that want to uh, create something and be the owner of it. Wow, I love that. And I also love that you guys are both kind of leveraging your local networks. You didn't feel like you have to each sacrifice that. You decided to actually make it an advantage, the fact that you're not in the same location. I think that's really quite unique. Um, so tell me, what, what can we actually expect to see in the next few months from you guys? So I think that we are going, so of course we're going to continue to build plenty of stuff in the product. We are out of product. I've, I've got like a, a roadmap. Uh, prioritization is the hardest for me. It has always been. Uh, so great things are coming. Uh, basically right now we've built plenty of features for support teams so that uh, you can help your customers and uh, your support agents. What we are going to work on also is how you can create a bridge between uh, your help center and your product. So more integration of your content directly inside the product. That's one, we are, one thing we are going to work on on the product side. But we are going also to focus a lot on the go-to-market and on the inbound experience, meaning better onboarding, uh, uh, better explanation to people about how they can use our product, how they can get uh, benefit from it uh, directly. So a lot of help actually using our own product, helping people. Super. And um, I wanted to end on a topic that probably is weird to end on, but it's just because we've mentioned several times the product is beautiful and the design and it's so important. And um, you talked a lot about even you kind of built your team with like this product notion in mind. So let's talk about product. It's gorgeous. I've seen it. I love it. Uh, how on earth do you build such a good looking product? Well, <laughs> well thank you first. Uh, it has to start from scratch. My, my co-founder is a designer. So we made the choice to start and we say, okay, this is the, uh, the lowest bar that we are going to allow ourselves is already very high. 
and you start building guidelines so that it's not the, the, the you start thinking about how my product is supposed to react in one place or another or another and you have consistency you need to think about the brand that you have something that is powerful and that you find everywhere and well you need to work with uh, uh, also uh, users early users defining what they want and how you can not only build what you want to build but build what people want to use you have to always think with the the, the customer and so how do you do that how do you actually get customer feedback that's relevant and actually build for it well for me it was easy because i was the first customer it is a need that i had so i knew what i wanted first and then I started uh, uh, contacting people and say, I'm going to show you, uh, asking, first I was asking people, what are you trying to solve? What are your challenges? And I was showing my product and say, would that solve your challenge for this, this, this and that? And sometimes they said yes, sometimes they said no, sometimes they said, oh yes, but I will need also this, this, this and that. And little by little, you start defining patterns. You start seeing what people are doing. And then you can uh, build on top of this and add things that make sense in your product. What you need to be very careful, though, is, again, prioritization, how you avoid becoming a feature factory, how you say, okay, this I'm going to do, but this I'm not going to do. Saying no in product is the most important thing. Basically, as you grow as a team, everybody has ideas. Everybody is coming with, hey, you should do this, 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 and this. Well, you have vision. You need to have a long-term vision. And then you need, that has to be very large. And then you need to, uh, focus and find how you are going to organize it at the beginning or to start with one thing. That's the reason why we started on support. Knowledge sharing is huge. Support is limited in the sense that we can uh, 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 define exactly what we, get, what we want to do. Super. Well, in listening to you, I can definitely feel that element of quality that you talked about in the beginning. And I love that we're ending on a note of kind of in product. It's really important to say no. Actually, I have not heard that before, but I definitely agree with you. Um, Alexia, it's been a pleasure having you with us. Thank, Thank you, you so much. much. All right, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. If you like this episode, make sure to give us many, many stars. If you have any feedback, we'd love to hear from you on Twitter or by email at press at stationf.co. Finally, make sure to follow us and not miss any of our next episodes. We're available on all our usual podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Deezer, and Google Podcasts. See you soon.